0: I want you to imagine for a moment that somehow we could suddenly speak the language of Annika and Brianna. the little girls is going to be baptized this morning. And I don't mean one of those annoying movies where they have an actor speaking for the baby. I mean, we could really somehow communicate with them directly through speech. We simply ask them, who are you? Tell us who you are. I don't imagine that either of them would have identity crises and not just because they wouldn't know what that meant, but they could probably say pretty clearly, well, I am pretty special. I'm being held today, dressed nicely. After mass, when they're anointed by the chrism oil, Chanel has nothing on that. It's one of the nicest smells in the church. And they're going to smell that way for almost a week, Mom and Dad, I promise you. It really lingers. And everybody is here for them. I don't think they'd have the slightest doubt about who they are or their identities. But of course, for most of us, probably all the rest of us, definitely all the rest of us, it's not that day for us today. It's not our baptism day. And we all know that as we grow up and move through life, our identities can become maybe not quite so clear. We make choices. Other people make choices. We find ourselves in situations, sometimes that we got ourselves into, sometimes that we had nothing to do with. But we wake up or we look in the mirror. We have a conversation. and We find ourselves wondering, am I who I thought I was? Who am I? Who do I want to be, and am I ever going to get there? Do I regret a little bit? Who I've become? All these kinds of questions. And so I'd like to invite you to think for a moment maybe where right now in your life is an area where perhaps the well has run dry a little bit, where maybe you find yourself asking that very question, and it doesn't have to be, probably for most of us it isn't some deep existential doubt. most of us, I have, think, have some areas in our life where we wish perhaps things could be different than they are. I know what you're thinking at this point. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too, Father. But there's a reason, there's a reason for thinking about those areas on this day when we can envy Annika and Brianna for not having those moments in their lives yet. Because if this day on which we remember the baptism of Jesus and are invited to think about our own baptisms, if it means anything, anything other than just, you know, mentally watching some video from 2000 years ago, it's that we have that day in our own lives to speak to those areas in our life where maybe our identity is not quite so firm. And I say that because I regret every time we celebrate the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, we cut off the readings right when we do. And of course, you remember that immediately on the heels of Jesus' baptism, he goes off into the desert and he's tempted. That happens in all the Gospels where his baptism is described. And I'd like to suggest that that necessarily belongs with the story of his baptism. Because what happens when he goes out into the desert is that he's forced to look at a situation where the well has run dry a little bit. Remember those temptations. He's hungry. He's alone. He doesn't have someone to affirm him, seemingly. And what does the devil do? The devil tempts his very identity. If you are the Son of God, if you are loved by this Father of the universe, if you are who maybe you think you are, then why are you empty-handed? Why are you seemingly alone without your needs being met? So that's Jesus, but I think it's the invitation for every one of us to say, all right, where are those areas where maybe, maybe I wonder myself, if this was the relationship I thought it was, then why am I struggling here? If I had the upbringing and the benefits that I had, then how did I wind up here? In this job, in this place, in this state of life, whatever it might be, how do we leverage our baptism? Because what Jesus had at that moment was one thing, and what he had was an affirmation from the Father about who he was You are my beloved Son. And yes, that's a nice phrase, but that really looks like something. And I would just invite us, maybe as a little spiritual exercise, to reground ourselves in that deep truth of who we are. Certainly who we are in God's eyes, but we don't always know what that feels like or looks like. So let's take a page out of Annika and Brianna's life. They know who they are because they're being held in love right now. They know who they are because they've been dressed wonderfully. They know who they are because they're surrounded by people that they love. They know who they are because, yes, in this space, which is probably a little scary, there's still someone there who can be a source of safety. And most of us, I realize, not all of us tragically, but most of us were able to begin in the same way. And we lose sight of that immediacy, but the reality doesn't go away. And so just an invitation, if you want to leverage the grace of your baptism, because this is more than just human effort, this is grace, this is something we receive from God, but we have to receive it, we have to cooperate with it, then just go through your life right now and say, who are those people in my life that are a source of stability or love? Have we reached out to them in the midst of whatever those struggles are? Sometimes the thing we most struggle with is the thing which is least known by the people in our lives. And if that's where you find yourself, put your baptismal grace to the test and reach out. Show that vulnerability. Little babies don't wonder about whether or not they'll let people know that they need something. It just comes naturally, and they trust that it's going to be responded to. As we grow up and get sophisticated, it's amazing sometimes how we hide those needs. Jesus, in the face of the temptation, if you really are who you say you are, immediately, in every instance, he goes right back to the Father. And he says, let me tell you what the Father has told me. And he goes to Scripture, but what he's really doing is just reminding himself of the words of the Father, And so to have that ability to extend ourselves in trust to those people who continue to love and support us and to certainly bring ourselves before God as Jesus himself does in the desert. And if it's been a while since you prayed around that baptismal grace, I'd encourage you, at least give it a try. And what that looks like is naming to the Lord, hey, here are the areas where maybe my identity isn't exactly the way I hoped it would be, or I have questions or fears or doubts. And it doesn't necessarily mean that God needs to transform the world around us. But when those questions of identity creep in, the harm is a feeling of isolation or loneliness or nobody really understands, or if I ever brought this out, it would be a terrible thing and everything would fall apart. And if we put our baptismal grace to work, it's a source of courage and inner peace that says, no, not just this is something you can do, but it really is the only way to recenter ourselves as who we are in God's eyes. So if you or I just need a little kick in the pants, maybe, then this feast day is a wonderful day to avail ourselves of it. You and I received amazing baptismal grace on our baptism day, whatever it was. And unlike all these COVID things, you don't need a booster shot for that. What you got on the day of your baptism, what Annika and Brianna will receive today, that grace will be as strong for every second of the rest of their lives as it was on the day the water was poured. And shame on us if we lose sight of that. God looked and looks at everyone in this room and says, you are my beloved son or daughter. Let's put that extraordinary promise to work.